Hey guys, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend, a podcast about mental health and astrology. Have you guys ever had a bad day or felt so anxious to the point where you are struggling to find yourself in this vast society we call life? Not to worry, guys. I have felt this way too. The podcast interviews guests from college students to parents and even experts that talk about their journey to where they are in the present moment. So sit back and relax and remember that you are not alone. Without further ado, let's get started with today's podcast. Have you guys heard about Anchor by Spotify as being the easiest way to make a podcast? Let me explain. It's free. Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Best of all, when even hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, like I said before, Anchor is totally free. So pick up your phones, laptops, or whatever you use and download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I hope to hear your podcast. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode talks about the story of Corby. Corby is a certified Terra master and psychic. Corby has over 50 years of experience with helping people and being there for people. Corby has also written three books. The first book focusing on your own spiritual growth and her other two focusing on her journey being a professional psychic and helping other psychics out there get into the field and know the business. Um, But you can check out all of Corby's books and her work by clicking in the links in the show description. And like always, guys, before you guys can tune into the podcast, please like and subscribe to the podcast on Amazon Music, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Your subscriptions and ratings will help boost the podcast overall and really help out the podcast overall. But without further ado, here is my conversation with Corby. Hey everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend. I am your host, Josh Sanchez, and I'm here with a very special guest, Corby. Corby, how are you doing today, and what's going on? Well, it's the first day that we've got warm and sunny after a long stretch of cold and wet, so it's especially wonderful. Life is good. That's good, Corby. I I just wanted to say again, before we really get into our interview and stuff, I want to say thank you, Corby, for reaching out and wanting to come on the podcast. And we're going to talk about a lot, you know, when I think we can really start our conversation with your life journey, Corby. I know we talked a little bit a couple weeks ago and it was a really great conversation. Um, But what are some passions that you have and what's like your life journey? Part of it is what I call the 30 second elevator speech. Uh, Since I was nine, I knew there was magic in the world and I wanted to go find it. And in 1973, when I was a senior in high school, I got my first tarot deck and I've been reading ever since. So I am now a full-time certified tarot master, psychic medium, past life specialist, 
I have clients all over the world. I've been in books. I've written books. Uh, it is a career I didn't expect, but I absolutely adore. Life has not always been easy. I have done the cancer dance three times. I had two very short, bad marriages before the one I'm in now. And we've been together for 22 years and it more than made up for the last two. I've lived in poverty. I've been abused. I have a dysfunctional family. But all of it is, as the old expression says, grist for the mill. It teaches me about myself. And in turn, it gives me more in my toolkit so that I can help my clients get through things like it. Well, Corbia, definitely. Um, and, and I can, as I heard, as I heard your answer, like you really talked about a lot of different things, you know, from like family trauma to experiencing a couple bad relationships to now really like helping people, you know, and really like writing books and really getting into that spiritual aspect. And I'm actually real, I've been looking forward to our conversation for a very long time. Um, but my first question, just building off of like your first answer, um, I know you mentioned that you're into like tarot readings and stuff. Where did that really stem from for you? It, as I said, it started when I was nine. There was a book I read that was called The Witch Family by Eleanor Est. It's a kid's book. But instead of either being scared or dismissing it, it said there's real magic in the world and I wanted to go find it. I've always been the rebel in my family. Everybody else is doctors and nurses. I was a theater major. I'm a writer. I'm a psychic. People in my family don't believe in psychics. They think it is the business of charlatans and fakes. But, you know, live and be well. I know who I am. I know what I want to do. And all I can do is love them anyway and not let them get in the way of what I'm supposed to do with my life. Yeah, definitely. And power to you, Corby, for doing that, you know, because especially like having to deal with like family pressure, you know, everybody's doing like their own specific things and you're doing something completely different. Um, Power to you for recognizing like you are who you are and taking those steps and finding your own passions in life, because I know a lot of people definitely struggle with that. Um, but my next question, just building off of that, um, I know, like, especially with like tarot readings and like past life readings and stuff like that like what are some like typical questions that you really get let's say like we're in like a tarot reading right now like what's really some like typical questions that you would get well i call it the everyday tour bus house car job kids romance okay gotcha put me here now what most times people really want practical answers and tarot can give you all kinds of um tools Let's let's take the example of career. If you said, I want to open up my own broadcasting studio, I would not flip a few cards and say, wait until October and fire the second redhead. What is that? That's nonsense. Because I used to be an executive recruiter, a headhunter, as they say, before I did this full time, I know how to counsel people in careers. So there'd be a card for you, a card for the energy around the business you want to create, the brick and mortar place to look for for housing it, marketing, clients, competition, staff, finances, what you need to know and best possible outcome. This is far more detailed than a lot of readers will get, but it is what I do. The more information, the more options I can put into the hands of my clients, the more they can control their own life. I believe in making the readings empowering, not a fortune teller like a Madam Hoo-Ha or a Swami Swalanda. That does not interest me at all. 
Now, when it comes to things like past lives, that is something that I do uh, through channeling. Some people will call it a direct download. And I take an obsession or a phobia or a place that you're either drawn to or repelled by that makes no sense. You know, I'm Scots Irish. Why do I have this thing about Peru, for instance? And I have the ability to quickly go up into the Akashic records, which is where everything is about someone, what they've done, probably what they will do, who they are now. And I can usually pull down the past life that is directly connected to whatever it is that you're looking at. So that's that. Yes, I talk to spirit guides and angels the same way. And yes, I do talk to dead people. But as I remind folks, we're not dial a dead. If Aunt Julie is on a field trip up there, she will not be by the phone. <laughs> wow, Corby, I will say that's definitely really cool. Um, from someone that has done a couple of tarot readings myself and and has really like and I'm starting to learn a little bit more about past lives hearing like you like share that. I'm, I'm really just fascinated by that because I definitely think there's a lot of stigmas when it comes to like past lives. I know there's like a lot of movies out there that like really like over exaggerate like exorcism and stuff, which leads me right to my next question. Um, I know when it comes to like stigmas, have you faced any stigmas, you know, like being like a psychic, like has anybody, has there ever been like a moment where people have really like judged what you're doing? Oh, absolutely. More than once I have, you know, I am on circuit, if you will, which means that for years I traveled on the road doing psychic fairs all over the United States and in Canada. And there were some times where I was walking into the convention center or the hotel or whatever, where I was going to do it. And there were the evangelical dominionists um, who would shout at us, we're going to hell. We'd be spat on. We'd have things thrown at us. You know, they always do that. You just walk by because no, I am not damned. And no, just because I do what I do does not mean that God is going to say to me, you go to the bad place. Heaven and hell like that are invented by people who have a kindergartner's view of the world. God is, so, if God created everything, you think he really cares that much about the tiny little things we tiny little people do? We're ants with pea brains. No, whatever created the universe is far more compassionate and non-judgmental than we humans. So I don't worry about what they tell me he thinks. Yeah, definitely. Because like, especially when it comes to all that, I know there's just a lot of like stigma, stigma and stuff. And that's why I really like the term spirituality, Corby, because it's like with spirituality, you're understanding yourself through this world and how so you, how you understand yourself is completely different than how someone else is like understands themselves, you know, and with that, you know, we can really just find ourselves in the universe. So power to you again for overcoming those stigmas again. And, and it's really, and, and those people that have like spat on you and, and all your work and stuff like that, those, those are the type of people, like you said, that are very immature and are very disrespectful because at the end of the day, we are all humans and we are allowed to believe what we want to believe. We are allowed to do what we want to do, you know, in this universe. So power to you, Corby. I just wanted to say, uh, say again, really power, really powerful answer that you just said. And the fact you're able to take that and overcome that is a really big step for yourself, Corby. 
Um, but just continuing our conversation a little bit, I know we talked a lot about like past lives and, and all that stuff. I know you've written a couple books. Um, tell me a little bit of the process, Corby, of creating your own books and really, and really getting into that and really, and putting it out there for the world. Well, I always tell people that words are my drug of choice and they really are. You, if you told me I could never write again, I'd start to twitch. Um, it's not fiction for me. It's write what you know. So the books I wrote came out of lectures that I've done, questions my clients have asked me. There are three books. Two of them are specifically psychic, but the first one was self-help. It's called Clean Out Your Life Closet. And it addresses four things, clarity, adaptability, simplicity, and making friends with stress. But I don't tell you, do everything I tell you and it all gets better. I haven't lived your life. I don't know what you have to go through. So the way that book is structured is, yes, I write a chapter, but at the end of it, I have what I call the adventure pages. And they are questions that you can answer having read the chapter, but they have to come from your own life. You can't turn to chapter 80 or page 87 and scribble the answer. Simple, a question, why perfect isn't what you think it is. When did the search for perfection stop you from doing something important? How? Now, you're not going to find that in my book, but you'll find it reflecting on your own life. So that if you do all of the questions at the end of each chapter, when you finished my book, A, you're going to know yourself a lot better. And B, that's a personal manual for you. So that's the one. The two books I wrote on psychic work, one of them is called The Psychic Yellow Brick Road, How to Find the Real Wizards and Avoid the Flying Monkeys. It's not a psychic development book. If, let's say, you go to an art museum and you really love sculpture, but you don't want to go and get a chisel and a block of marble yourself. You want to appreciate it. So this is a book that tells you how to use intuitive counseling when you go to get a reading so that it works best for you, how to stay safe, how to ditch the information that is not going to help you. And the third book, that came from being on the road for 18 years, 45 weekends a year, 45,000 miles a year on the car. My nickname was the Travel Channel. And it's called um, You've Got the Magic Who Needs a Genie. And that's just a business book for anybody who wants to do what I do. Because there are 8 billion people in the world and I can't read them all. So rookies are welcome to start on the road. Wow, Corby, I will say, because um, I, 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 once I realized you were an author, I really wanted to ask you that question just because I know for every book, there's a story, you know, there's an idea. And uh, mm -hmm. like you said, Corby, I really like one of the highlights I really wanted to really like pinpoint on your answer was like when you write books, you know, you're writing based off of like experience and what you've gone through, you know, and and I feel like a lot of people need to start doing that because because there's definitely a lot of like self-doubt, you know, especially when we're doing things for so long, people don't realize this, but, but the more like you've done like a specific task, like you become experts in that, in that task. I forget. It's like, I think you do like 10,000 hours worth of something. You become like an, like an expert at it. So you are an expert. So putting yourself out there, creating books, you know, helping others. And like you said, like you're not in your first, in your first book, you're not really giving the answers to everything, you know? 
But as you're filling out pages and as you are answering questions and you're starting to realize more, you're, cu- you're, you're, you're understanding yourself more. So I really think, again, power to you for creating those three books. And do you have any other books that you're in the, in the work of doing or do you have any other ideas that you have that you might create another book? Oh, I'm sure there are a couple of books that are toddling around in my brain. But right now I'm writing just about daily on medium.com. It's a great place for putting up blogs. And after about six months, I will probably look at the things I've written and a book will present itself by pulling together several of the blogs and giving it a formation. That's one of the ways I love reading. Okay, definitely, Corby. And I will say, uh, well, if you do have more ideas, you can always send them my way and then we'll, we'll share them out and all that fun stuff. <laughs> that sounds um, great. But yeah, so just continuing our conversation a little bit, I know you talked a lot about like your passions, your work, and what you've really done and stuff like that. Um, continuing everything, uh, when it comes to like COVID, because we all know the pandemic hit hard, you know, and we all had to mm-hmm. adjust. How has like your like psych, uh, how has your like work really like, differentiated compared to like what it done in the past since the pandemic? Well, this is a great example of how the universe will set things up for you, even if you drag your feet. I adored being on the road, but financially it wasn't as good as it could have been. Uh, Overhead was like 50%. And so I kept getting the nudge to move online, but it was no, 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 it's too much fun. Well, all of a sudden in the summer of 2019, back injury. I'm better, but the doctor said, okay, your uh, career is toast. You're not going to be able to load in and load out. You're not going to be able to do the 10-hour drives anymore. So from about September, October 2019, I scrambled to put all of my business online. And was it going to be okay? I didn't know. But what happened in March of 2020 but the advent of the years of murder hornet bingo and hold my beer. Nobody was doing um, anything in terms of expos. Anyone who was just on circuit, their career tanked. I had, I've had my best years since 2020 because I'm always here because people who book me online are not wandering the halls deciding, do we want to have a reading today? They seriously need my help. And it has totally changed the kinds of people I read. People who come to me now are not in it for uh, a giggle for a Saturday afternoon, but they want someone who has my skill set, has my experience, and can help them truly navigate their life. So it for me, it's been wonderful. Wow, that's great again. And and that's another powerful story that you showed, you know, and it and it's definitely you made a great point about how like the universe works at times. And I completely agree. Like you have the back injury and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the pandemic happens, you transition everything online. And now and like you said, now you're meeting like a better like a, a better is a better. I should probably say a better word than better. But you've meet, you're meeting more people that need you more, you know, it's more like a serious conversation that you're having instead of, like you said, like having like a someone come for like a giggle on like a Saturday night, you know. So it's crazy how like the universe works, Corby, and how things can change just so quickly, you know, and how things all work together. Um, as mm-hmm. I was hearing your answer, I was just like, wow, like that's definitely, it's definitely very interesting. And it shows you how crazy things can change very quickly. Um, yes. 
But yeah, so just continuing our conversation, I know we mentioned a lot about like your work and your journey and stuff like that. Let's transition a little bit to relationships because we know we all know that relationships, you definitely can learn a lot from your relationships and stuff like that. Um, Corby, my first question for you is um, what are some qualities that you really look for in a friendship and like a romantic partner? Oh, they have to know how to listen. You know, one of the problems with all of us, all of us, and that that includes me, is we live in our own heads. And when someone is talking to us, probably about halfway through the conversation, we're already in our heads formulating the answer. We don't just completely listen. So that's part of it. I do believe that relationships, whether they are friendship or romantic, they need to be 60-60. What's that? 60-60 means each person goes a little bit more than halfway, and it's the extra 10% that locks it in the tough times. How does it work in a marriage? Well, I got my third bout of cancer when my husband and I had only been married a year and a half. And so we didn't, we weren't even out of the honeymoon phase, really. And we were in our late 40s. So we didn't have the backstory of raising kids, et cetera, et cetera. What they had to do to me in terms of um, medications and surgery and all of that really was like throwing a boulder into a tiny pond. It was never going to be the same. But my husband, bless him, looked at me and said, am I going to miss them? It was breast cancer. Yeah, they were gorgeous, but I married you, not them. So for the first couple of years after that, the 60% truly came from him because it is not an easy surgery for a woman to go through. Now we're hitting our 20th anniversary this year. There have been times like he had major surgery last year. I went the 60%, but there was never a feeling of it's not fair. You understand that the give and take will be like a teeter totter and you trust that the energy is equal. Um, truth is important. Don't lie to me. That's, you know, you could do a lot to upset me, but I find out you're lying to me. I cut the cord because if you're not telling me the truth, I can't trust anything about you. So truth is vital. And please remember that we all do the best we can based on our belief systems. And belief system is not just religion. It's this is good for me. This is bad for me. If I don't do this, people won't like me and, and, and. So it's important to come into relationships with non-judgment and always ask the question about what you see or what's going on before making an immediate judgment. You do that and friendships and uh, marriages will go for decades and just get stronger. Yeah, Corby, I definitely agree. And that was some great piece of advice. Honestly, as I was listening, I was I'm just trying to trying to really think of like my own current relationships with friends and family. And I definitely agree with you that asking those questions is definitely important. Setting boundaries, like you said, you know, you're like you said, you're like your belief system, not just like religion, but like setting boundaries. Hey, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. Because once you're setting boundaries with people, they have to respect those boundaries as well, because boundaries is, is like a form of like self-respect. So as I was hearing your answer, I was just like, wow, like, yep, setting those boundaries, 
establishing trust, not lying, having good communication. And I really like the 60-60 model. That was something that's really good, like uh, visualization, um, Mm -hmm. because there's going to be moments in any relationship that your friend or loved one is going to go through stuff and you're also going to go through stuff. And in your relationship with somebody, those are the moments where your partner should take those extra like 10%, you know, and really just helping others and being there for being there for you and vice versa. Because like you said, it's, it's not with that, like you're not feeling like the give or take it's, it's, it's more of just like a, a constant stream, like a, like a nice flow, you know, as you guys are just being there for each other and helping each other and growing with each other as well. Um, so Corby, I definitely think that was some great advice about relationships and stuff. Um, but my next question, um, this one is a little less serious. So this one is, I always ask my guests that come on uh, this question. Um, <laughs> yes. So the question is pretty much like, let's say you're on a first date and someone does like a turnoff where you wouldn't have a second date. Um, so as you think about like some turnoffs on like a first date where you wouldn't have a second date. Um, for me, I used to have like a little test before like I met my current girlfriend, but like I would hand people the aux cord and depending on what music they play, because for me, music is very spiritual, um, was like my little test. So Corby, uh, my question is, do you have like any like little tests or like turnoffs where you wouldn't have a second date with the person? Yeah, it's all about the conversation. If you spend your entire time talking about you, and then, you know, so then basically it's, well, enough about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think about me? Forget it. Um, A good first date for me is a flow of conversation that is so fascinating, we lose track of time. But for that to happen, they have to also want to know about me as much as I want to know about them. So that's key for me. Uh, You know, people say, what's the first thing you notice about somebody? For me, it's the brain, not what they look like, but who they are in the brain. And if I like that, what you look like doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, Corby, I I definitely agree because uh, like personality is definitely and the way how people carry themselves and really think and process information is definitely important because I know a lot of people they fixate on on looks or they look at like specific features of people and I really think that's an aspect that should be talked about more how a person carries themselves personality wise the way how they think and the way how they have and hold conversations with people these are all great qualities to really look for in a person so again Corby I I definitely agree with you when when it comes to that and and all that fun stuff Um, But so besides relationships and talking about like work and passions, we'll transition a little bit to astrology. But before we really get into astrology, I have one question that is still on my mind. Um, Uh uh, It's all good. It's all good. (laughs) So so self-care is definitely something that is vital, especially especially in your work, too, Corby, because you are working with people, you know, you're doing readings on people and really trying to help them get through their lives. Um, so what do you do, Corby? Let's say you've had like a long session or you've had like a long day. You feel mentally drained a little bit. What are some things that you do, Corby, to really just hit that reset button and, and help yourself out? First thing is I go grab my 27-pound Maine Coon cat and get a cuddle. There, I mean, he is the size of a beagle. But Maine Coons are a very, very large cat breed. So right there, you know, pets are so wonderful for ratcheting down stress. We're very lucky. We live in uh, the northern Catskill Mountains. We have a tiny little bungalow in the middle of a hayfield surrounded by mountains. 
you go outside and you just realize, yep, this is reality. Somebody arguing with their kid over playing soccer is not quite the reality. And um, for me, it's music. Always, always music. Those three things, I can't handle anything. I got you, Corby. Yeah, because like I said, you know, just like self-care, we all need to find some certain things in our lives, you know, because as we are working and, you know, we're we're doing so many things and relationships and stuff, we kind of lose ourselves. So for you, like cuddling with a cat, listening to music really helps you hit that reset button. So power to you, Corby, for realizing that, because a lot of people, especially in America in a very like capitalist society, we're very like focused on productivity and go, go, go. And financially that when it comes to understanding ourselves emotionally and really taking that step to really help us calm down, that kind of gets put in the back burner. So power to you, Corby, for realizing and doing self-care. But now getting into astrology, um, just my first question, Corby, um, just out of the blue, you know, what's your overall relationship with astrology and how do you feel about it overall? Oh, I absolutely love astrology, but as I said, words are my drug of choice. So astrology takes numbers, and with me, one and one is three on alternate Tuesdays. So I go to somebody else for astrology. Um, I have a, a splendid friend who's brilliant at it. Her name is Pat Dumas. She's in York, Pennsylvania. And I absolutely get a yearly look-see with her. Her accuracy is astounding, and it helps me get ready for the different energies that are coming in uh, from month to month and and times of the year. So astrology is for me vital, even though I can't do it myself. I go find someone who's good. Yeah, that's good. And and like I always said, like with astrology, you know, it's, it's, I like it. I like to view it as like another tool in the toolbox to help understand yourself, you know, cause we all know there's, there's charts and, you know, you learn about the signs and you learn it. You're helping. You're learning more about yourself at the end of the day. Um, but for you, Corby, um, when it comes to your own chart, are there any aspects in your chart that you really know about already? Um, yeah, a couple things. Number one, I have a grand trine water. No wonder I'm psychic. Uh, I've got a lot of great major planets uh, in my 10th house, which is career. Um, I believe that I've got. Saturn retrograde in my second house of money, which means it'll always be a pain in the butt to me, which is fascinating because in my numerology, I have a karmic lesson debate, which always says you're going to have trouble with money. You really got to learn to behave and blah, blah, blah. So when two completely different metaphysical tools are shaking hands, you better listen. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and, and I could definitely understand that. And it's crazy how like you do you once you learn more about like that, the like the houses and stuff, you really get to understand. You really understand yourself on a more deeper level. Um, mm-hmm. But when it comes to your chart, one of the highlights that I really like and I've learned a lot more is your north node. So your north node and, and south node, your south node is like mistakes your past lives have made. And the north node is what you're supposed to learn in this lifetime through mm-hmm. your past and through like your past lives and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And yours, Corby, is in Capricorn. So with Capricorn North nodes, like you're supposed to learn a lot about like goal setting, really putting yourself out there and really like hitting those goals. Cause South Node is in Cancer. So with Cancers, they're very like 
loving and giving personalities. But with that, though, you can get taken advantage of, you know. So mm-hmm. through through the cap through your, this lifetime, you're supposed to learn to de- develop like the self-respect, take responsibility for your actions, make plans and stick to them. And, you know, like don't you're not really sacrificing your ambitions for others, you know, and letting go of all like the stress and, and what's going on. So as I was as I want, that's one of the highlights I really saw when it comes to. Like when I when I did your chart and I saw that like the Capricorn North Node, um, how do you feel about that a little bit? As we have like talked a lot about like your life and your journey and stuff like that. Oh, it makes perfect sense. Um, when it comes to doing for other, I always do for other mm-hmm. people. And in my younger years, when I was dating, I would always go overboard, do so much for them that I probably scared people away because of the intensity. So at this point, boundaries have become important to me because frankly, also when I draw boundaries, it's like Wednesdays, I'm sorry, I do not work. If you're dying, I'll send you to another psychic. That lets me recharge, which enables me to keep focused on the goals I've got. When you are just full goose bozo for everybody else, you have no energy to put back into yourself and your goals go by the wayside. Yeah, definitely, Corby, as well. And and I and from someone else, because I'm trying to get into like uh, psychology and stuff like if you're so like you said, Corby, if you're so focused on like, you know, like helping others and helping others, you got to really set those boundaries with yourself because you got to be able to recharge your batteries, because if you if your battery is on zero percent and you're trying to help other people, you're not going to fully 100% be there to help people. So taking those steps, like you said, Corby, setting those boundaries, having a day for yourself to really just like, hey, I need to recharge on this day. Um, That's definitely something for someone that is, you know, like doing your work and that's really involving helping people. That's a really good um, lesson to learn, Corby. And I hope other people listening to the podcast will also learn that as well. Um, But before we wrap everything up, um, mm-hmm. I always, I, when it comes to astrology, there's this website called thehoroscope.co. Um, a bunch of women, they work together, they teamed up, and what they do is they do little readings based off of your sun and moon. <clears throat> so for Corby, for your reading, I'm going to give you your little reading according to this website, and uh, let me know how you feel about it. So sure. for, with you, Corby, you are a Pisces sun, Virgo moon, and it says a thorough personality. What is kept hidden preoccupies the Pisces Sun Virgo Moon personality, who will always try to under, undercover the truth behind the surface and contribute to the betterment of society. Positives for your Sun and Moon combination. Keen, resistant, and conscientious. Negatives can be a little bit overreacting at times and stubborn. Perfect partner, someone who is confident but not pretentious. Word of advice, be honest with someone that confronts you about your actions. So as you feel, you know, about like advice, perfect partner, positive and negatives, what are some thoughts that come to mind? They're pretty good. Um, I always laugh saying I'm a Pisces sun with a Virgo moon and a Virgo rising. So I'm a flake, but I'm a really organized flake. Um, I think I was born on a full moon. So I do pay close attention to Virgo traits as well as Pisces traits, because they really are opposites. Um, Virgos are, well, that's the part of me that can plan things to a fairly well. The Pisces part of me is the big dreamer. I not only think outside the box, I think outside the room where the box is stored. And finding balance between those two 
that truly is a life's work because I could do either extreme, which never works. If I can find a way to combine them in the middle, that is what keeps me on point. Yeah, definitely, Corby. And, and I like it. And like I said, you know, astrology, you know, is like another tool in the toolbox, really helping us learn and understand and understand ourselves at the end of the day. Um, yes. But Corby, I, I wanted to say I've really enjoyed our full conversation. Where can everybody check out your work? Oh, I'm hard to avoid. I really am. Uh, Corby Mitlide is the key to just about everything. My website is CorbyMitlide.com. You can find me on YouTube, Medium, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and Patreon, all under Corby Mitlide. Sounds good, Corby. And all the and the links that you mentioned will be in the show description as well. But Corby, I've really enjoyed our time and please stay safe. Thank you, my friend. It's been a pleasure.